0: And uh, one night I went to uh, one gig at Rafters, I think it was. And um, a f- friend of mine says, Oh, I want you to meet uh, uh, another friend called Kay Carroll, who's at that time managing the fall. And she says, Oh, um, Richard tells me that you play the bass. Is that right? And I say, Yeah, yeah, I've got this band going, you know. And uh, she says, wow, um, we just lost our bass player. Would you like to sort of um, join up with us? And I said, oh, that's interesting. What's the name? And she said, The Fall. I said, you're kidding. I really like The Fall. And they were one of my favourite bands at the time. And they'd just made one single, I think, Bingo Masters Breakout, perhaps. And there were Pony Friel had left by this point and um i thought wow yeah the fall and i i thought about that and i kind of agonized about it but i thought nah better not i better stick with the uh, swell maps uh, uh, of loyalty really and i'm glad i did i mean they got mark riley they did okay
1: Welcome to this edition of Sombrero Fallout, which will be guest hosted by Zhao Head of Swell Maps. Okay, some Zhao facts to put you in the picture. Zhao started playing in 1973 with Nicky Sudden, Epic Soundtracks and Phones Sportsman, in a loose collective that later became known as Swell Maps. With the band, he recorded numerous singles and two albums before the band split up in 1980. When he was in Swell Maps one night, he spilt his pint over Ian Curtis and blew up Peter Hook's bass amp before being rescued by Julian Cope. Swell Maps have been subsequently cited as an influence by bands including Dinosaur Junior, R.E.M., Nirvana and Pavement. Thurston Moore from Sonic Youth acknowledged the influence of the band in 1981, writing writing they'd had a lot to do with his upbringing, while Scott Canberg of Pavement said, Swell Maps was a big influence on our early records. They had these songs that they fucked up somehow to make them sound really dirty and low frequency, but which were great songs underneath all this mess. While Tim Gain of Stereolab said that when he first bought the Maps album, A Trip, a trip to Marineville, I must have played it a hundred times or more just to listen to every single second of it. Other notable bands to name them an influence include Corner Shop, The Pastels, and Deer Hunter. After Swell Maps, Zhao appeared in The Palookas, The Television Personalities, The House Hunters, The Long Decline, Angel Racing Food. And in 2008, he formed at Zhao Head and the Dummy Monde. He now has three projects. Infernal Contraption, a duo called Eleventh Hour Adventists. And he also currently plays Synthesizer and various self-built devices with Rude Mechanicals. He's recently been collaborating with Sombrero Fallout favourite Luke Haynes. And a new LP and illustrated booklet is just out, I think, called Screeches, Scribbles and Scrolls," with a lead single, Louise Bourgeois. As I discovered when I caught up with him, Zhao is a Renaissance artist, a designer, a painter, a creator, and has an, I would say, infinite artistic curiosity. He recently completed the official biography of the band, called Swell Maps 1972-1980, which I would urge you to buy from the Swell Maps website, which Zhao himself has created. The book has been extremely favourably reviewed by Uncut, Mojo, Wire, and all the other major musical organs. It was a great honour and pleasure to catch up with Zhao via Zoom uh, a few weeks ago, and in fact I discovered it was Zhao's first Zoom call. So, welcome to Sombrero Fallout. Jow Head. Greetings. <laughs> There's an enthusiastic beginning. We love that. Uh, yes. I suppose its traditional place to start,
0: Jow, would be perhaps with your earliest musical influences. Should we start there? Well, uh, I first got into pop music and soul music uh, by Radio 1, the BBC, and also Radio Luxembourg, which I used to listen to late at night sometimes under the bedclothes, sometimes while sort of doing some hobbies or uh, reading. One of of the first things that turned me on was soul music and Tamla Motown, and then I got into David Bowie. And my friend Adrian uh, was into T-Rex, so it was quite a good mixture, really. Um, And uh, uh, Adrian later called himself Nicky Sudden, and we formed Swell Maps um, with his brother, his young brother, Kevin, who became Epic Soundtracks, and a couple of other pals as well. Brilliant, yeah. But we were first (laughs) into pop music. I was into Bowie, Uh, Adrian was into Mark Bolan, and Kevin, uh, was into Alice Cooper to start with, yeah, so those are some of our early influences, and one thing I really loved was the man who sold the World album by Dave Bowie. It was kind of creepy, you know, it's a bit sinister, yeah. and there's some great sounds on it, and some great unusual quirky compositions which uh, made me scratch my head and think about. Um, songwriting and a uh, way to put a, a strange song together which was memorable and effective and a bit experimental as well
2: We passed upon on the stairs We spoke of was and when Although I wasn't a- was his friend which gave us some surprise i spoke into his eyes i thought you The ice, ice with the man who's on.
0: Soft Machine, early Soft Machine were uh, fascinating, uh, because it's pretty crude stuff, quite primitive. But there are lots of interesting um, ideas in there. And um, I like the songs as well. Uh, Soft Machine aren't greatly known for their songs, but uh, I particularly like the early work of Kevin Ayres, who started off playing bass in Soft Machine, and he was on their first album before he went solo, and one of the things I really love by Early Machine is this thing he wrote for them called, Why Are We Sleeping? And it's incredibly minimal, and um, he's got this deep, baritone voice, and I kind of had a similar voice, so I thought, well, if he can do it, maybe I'll have a go, you know. I was a bit self-conscious about my voice for a long time, but uh, hearing his example made me think, ah, OK, I'll, I'll give it a try. And, yeah, it's really minimal, why are we sleeping? But it's, it's also quite sinister. And I, I like that darkness. And um, it goes into this thing called, we Do it again. We do it again. And we had a go at doing that with uh, Swell Maps. Uh, Just doing that minimal sort of trance, repetitive thing, we thought, yeah, we can get into that. And uh, minimalism is something uh, I enjoyed exploring as well as songs. But uh, Kevin Ayers really had a a good sense of combining the avant-garde and also brilliant, memorable songwriting.
3: blessing and it ends with a curse, making life
0: easy by making it worse. My mask is my master, the trumpeter weeps, but his voice is so weak. I, when I discovered them, uh, it really knocked me out because I hadn't heard anything coming from the Midlands worth listening to for a long time. What about the heavy metal? <laughs> <laughs> Not them, um, But uh, yes, well, that just goes to show, doesn't it? There, there's always something decent happening in the Midlands and it's just a question of discovering it. And um, Broadcast, yeah, I, I love Trish Keenan's voice, and I love the musical settings for it as well. And they were very innovative at the time and very influential as well. People like Stereo Lab will admit to the fact that um, they were influential, and some other contemporary bands as well, I'm sure. But of course, um, uh, Broadcast had their influences as well, uh, that led me to discover an album called *The United States of America*, I think it was, which um, I can see I can see how this forms a kind of um, a kind of link to um, between projects. And um, yeah, what broadcast did uh, is. Profoundly beautiful uh, in a strange sort of way. Uh, They they use kind of uh, samples and cut up things and um, strange textures. It's a very delicate balance of sweet and sour, darkness and light, um, which I appreciate very much. And um, I love their work. Yeah, I love their work too. One of, my, one of my favorite bands.
1: And I got to see uh, Trish and Broadcast uh, in Australia, just, um, just unfortunately before she took flight home and um, she died shortly afterwards. So I feel very privileged oh. seeing one of her last concerts.
0: Yes, uh, a sad loss to us all, it's a
1: shame. Right, so I think this is uh, the next track will be, the, is it The Bee Colony? <laughs> I have no idea.
0: and epic started listening to some of the unusual rock music coming out of germany and we we particularly got excited by faust and can faust because they were very fearless in their approach to making sound and a lot of it seemed very improvised and pretty wild, you know. And they did this thing called the Faust Tapes, which they released on an LP, which was incredibly cheap. Richard Branson's label, Virgin, had just started out. And so for a bit of a gimmick, they released it for the price of a single, which was only about 50p, you know, 50 pence. And... um, we bought it straight away because it had a crazy op-art cover. And um, we put it on a, we have, wow, this is weird. You know, all these cut-up bits, loads of tracks on each side. And um, we thought, wow, we could do some of this because so, some of it sounded kind of primitive, you know, primitively recorded uh, using quite uh, cheap equipment and obviously not uh, in a kind of professional studio. And um, we it was one of the things which encouraged us to start recording at home. And um, there's all sorts of things which are just noise cut to something else like a, a nice tune and all mixed up like this, like a collage. And we were at, sound, we were at art college, we were making collages so we thought, well, maybe we could do this as well and create our own sound college collages. So that's what we started doing. were very different. Uh, they were from different town. They were from Cologne, and um, they were they were quite multicultural. I mean, their first singer, Malcolm Mooney, he was American. Their second singer, Damo Suzuki, who's Japanese. Holger said he came from Hungary or somewhere, which turned out uh, not necessarily true. uh but, um, uh, yeah, they, they were they were a very different kind of band. But they still had a lot of experience with the avant-garde and uh, a couple of them studied, studied with Karl Heinz Stockhausen. Yeah. And their albums, several albums, are uh, very influential on me and epic in particular Mm. and uh, we uh, drew a lot of inspiration from them and um, this track mother sky was particularly influential in terms of its minimal rhythm and its sort of shifting moods and um, the space they had for improvisation but they still had that pulse that repetitive rhythm and um it was something we tried to uh emulate and um one of our pieces full moon uh you can hear that influence a bit i think yeah even if the melody is completely different fantastic
1: what a what a sort of bewitching brew of uh, influences were happening in sully hull in the mid 1970s which sort of Burst into a creative flourishing in around about seven, 78, I suppose, was it?
0: Well, we made our first studio recording in 1977. That read About but Seymour? Came out. Read About Seymour came out uh, early 1978. Mm. But we have been recording at home for years before then. We started our activity in 1972, really. And that's why I titled my book, Swell Maps 1972 to 1980. Now seems an excellent moment to,
1: uh, I won't say plug, because, you know, that feels very commercial. But um, I haven't received a cop- my copy yet. I'm very much looking forward to it. I genuinely mean that. This is going
0: to be, uh, its how's. Uh, Can people easily get hold of the book, Joe? How should they go about that? Certainly. I can't tell you the name of the outlets in Australia offhand, but one shop in particular is stocking it, I was told. And uh, I I can offer it by mail order if necessary. I've sent copies to America and I think one to Australia, elsewhere in the world.
1: We'll post a link on our website.
0: facebook site so people can easily get hold of it okay it's been very favorably reviewed yes i've been very pleased with the reviews i must say yes yeah so uh, congratulations on that okay let's go into uh,
1: the song so this is can and mother sky mother sky. sky yes excellent
0: PJ Harvey, White Chalk. I chose this for a number of reasons. Uh, I admire the work of PJ Harvey immensely. I've got all her albums, I think. And um, I really appreciate the way uh, her music's developed over uh, two or three decades. And it's a very impressive body of work, I think. And I particularly like some of the mid-period later stuff, where it, it becomes more uh, ambitious and more thoughtful in terms of arrangement and the way she uses her voice as well, and also the songwriting. And um, but she's never uh, she's never shrunk from being a bit kind of experimental and always looking for different ways of arranging and composing and things. So I admire her work on that level. And this track, uh, I had, I like on a different level because it's about her homeland in Dorset. And uh, I, when my mother was still alive, she was living down in Dorset. And uh, I grew to uh, be very close to um, a certain part of Dorset called Purbeck, the Purbeck Peninsula. And uh, I used to go walking with my mother uh, and enjoy the landscape. And I started to feel a very close relationship with the area for that reason. And, um, yeah, this is a very evocative track about Dorset and about, I think it's also
3: about life and death and so on. That's it.
0: I enjoyed listening to a British band called Van de Generator, who were around in the early 70s. And I caught up with some of their albums. And um, Peter Hamill, uh, singer and guitarist, he released a solo album called Nadia's Big Chance in 1975, I think. And uh, I got hold of that. And I couldn't quite get my head around it at first because he was sort of doing these really short songs and some of them were really fast, really aggressive. And, um, and um, I thought, gradually, I thought, yeah, far out, brilliant. And I didn't know quite how to label it, but who needs labels anyway, you know? But um, later, uh, it turned out John Lydon, who's setting up Public Image, he did a radio show, and he played one of these tracks from Peter Hamill's solo album, Nadia's Big Chance, and uh, yeah, he said, yeah, this really turned me on. So um, the two of us, and hopefully other people, picked up on that album. 1975, 1976, uh, even in sleepy Solihull and Dorridge, where I was at uh, art college doing foundation with uh, my pal Kevin, who called himself Epic Soundtracks later, we suddenly, we kind of gradually became aware of this thing happening elsewhere, mainly in London, because uh, Nicky Sudden, my pal and Epic's brother spent a lot of time down in London, sort of hanging out there with friends, mainly T-Rex fans. And he sort of came back sometimes. And he says, hey, I've been hanging around in some of these clubs and seeing these bands, um, Stranglers, Sex Pistols, The Damned. I went along to the Roxy Club with Nicky. And we saw the damned and the adverts together. And uh, it really turned me on. It is unlike anything I'd experienced before, it is really uh, a pivotal moment for both of us, I think. And we got turned on to punk rock. This is 76, 77, I forget exactly. And um, yeah, and then uh, there were the Sex Pistols as well. And um, I particularly like this song. Uh, There are a number of songs I, I love by Sex Pistols, and this one's called Submission. Started thinking about primitive sounds made with acoustic instruments and uh, I started even experimenting with making my own instruments and I always liked Buffy St Marie's voice but then I saw a film of her playing a mouth bow and I'd never seen this before and I thought wow that's amazing and It's a very primitive instrument, and it probably goes back to the the very dawn of instrument making in human terms. And I'm really interested about this kind of process and uh, how we can still use it today. You know, some of the earliest string instruments like harps, some of the earliest wind instruments like flutes, um, I think they're, they all have a very evocative sound and sort of speak to us at a very deep level. And um, when I saw Buffy St. Marie playing a mouth, um, a mouth bow, uh, it really spoke to me in the same way. It's got a very visceral, very exciting sound. And I think this is Oh uh, can I quickly add that I actually made my own mouth bow based on what I saw of Buffy Saint Marie, and I've started using it on a couple of records of my own. Where can people, people find like it, where can people find examples of of that? I've done a track for a new album, which is going to be released on ORG. Records in Los Angeles soon, with an accompanying booklet of my illustrations. Fantastic!
1: Um, we ought to very quickly just mention also your artwork, Jow. Uh, yes. Where what's happening with your
0: your painting at the moment? Well, I've I'm always. Painting and illustrating and uh, making funny little sculptures, as um, it's not easy to distinguish one medium from another because they sort of intermingle. Because, uh, like I was saying, sometimes I build my own primitive little instruments and, you know. I'm not sure if uh, you can really distinguish them from some of my artworks, really. Sculpture, artwork, instruments, illustrated song lyrics. You know, it it all gets mixed up together, and sometimes I'm able to integrate them in projects as well. And filmmaking, you know, that, that sort of can combine making props with making uh, a musical piece you know it's it's all part of the same process for me yeah I and understand. of course i i illustrate my own record covers as well so uh, that's another another example of how it all comes together fantastic thank you for giving us that insight
1: i think That sort of spirit of DIY, one of the things in the late 70s was perhaps the spirit of DIY, which you have carried on with a vengeance
0: ever since, really, haven't you, I would say? Well, I like doing everything myself, if I can, and collaborating with other people and encouraging people to do likewise, and uh, I don't really uh, like uh, the idea of farming things out to designers who i don't know you know i, yeah. I like um i like having a go myself yeah so okay. um, it's nice to be able to collaborate on work with friends um we uh, we're all kindred spirits i suppose the creek, and I'm going up to see about two times a week. Kiss around the mouth, just as sweet as any vine. Wrap myself around me like a sweet tater vine. Going up Cripple Creek, going on a run. Going up Cripple Creek, have a little fun. Going up Cripple Creek, going in a world, Going up Cripple Creek see my girl. Jump on a boy like a dog on a bone Roll oh, my britches up to my knees Are gonna wait, oh, Cripple Creek And ever I please Going up, Cripple Creek Going on a run Going up, Cripple Creek Have a little fun Going up, Cripple Creek Going in the world Going up, Cripple Creek my girl Wait, old Cripple Creek, and never I sleep. Hills I steep, and the roads are muddy, and I'm so drunk that I can't stand steady. I'm going up Cripple Creek, going on a run, going up Cripple Creek, have a little fun. Going up Cripple Creek, going in a whirl, going up Cripple Creek, my girl.
1: Cripple Creek by Buffy Sam Marie. Now, at this point, Jow and I were going to sort out for you an exclusive, but we didn't get ourselves properly organised. Sorry about that. However, do go to the new Swell Maps website, which has been curated by Jao, on which you can also order the new book, uh, which, uh, as I say, has been reviewed extremely favourably. So what I thought I'd do at this junction, because Jao was too modest uh, to choose a swell map song himself was choose one on his behalf. So, this is from the 1980 album Jane from Occupied Europe and it's called Let's Build a Car. <laughs>
0: I wish to say is that I'd like to um, honour their memory by keeping their musical work alive. Yeah, I think that's what I can do for them. Mm.
1: Well, uh, I mean, I'll I just I totally agree with that, and I'll just say thank you so much for, you know, I put Swell Maps right in the, as I think I said earlier, right in the epicenter of those great bands that first alerted me to the fact that music could be something other than. Elton John or Queen or whatever I grew up with, and yeah. suddenly you opened all our eyes in the late seventies to a completely different way of looking at the world. And uh, well, that's so- nice. That's a nice way of putting it. Thank you. No, well, you did, and it was, uh, you know, uh, as you get older as well, for whatever reason, you tend to sort of go back into the past and remember how you felt yeah. when you were seventeen again. I don't know if you ever get that feeling, and, <laughs> and um, it's uh, yeah, and it just uh, those particularly those first two swell maps albums for so much a part of that
0: time yes well i uh, i don't like to dwell on the past too much I but I, I find it uh, that uh, i seem to be carrying the torch these days yeah so i recently set up a, a swell maps website yeah have which a look I'm yeah with swellmaps.org <laughs> swellmaps.org so yeah. i hope uh, people can enjoy that and uh, what it offers yeah
1: I, I read an old interview you did a few years ago as well talking about you know when you got to know the guy uh, the two gardens you know uh, you and richard i think or richard and mickey were sort of had the two houses back to back and it just it just oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, richard used
0: nice. to climb, climb over the back fence or something
1: <laughs> are you still in touch with the other guys from the uh, original band
0: yeah, I keep them informed as what's happening. Uh, yeah. I had a message from David, who's called Firm Sportsman, the other day. No. We were marveling at these young bands uh, doing cover versions of Swell Maps material. There's a new uh, album just come out. Uh, somebody's put together of some of these cover versions, and they're really amazing stuff, really imaginatively done. Oh, wow, I'd love to hear that. I'll I'll see if I can dig it out. Yeah, I'll send you a link. Well, it's on the website. Yeah, okay, right, I'll have a look on the website. In the news section. So check (laughs) it out.
3: Okay. And
0: uh, I'm trying to plan an event for Cafe Otto for autumn to oh, tie right. in right. with the project I was telling you about before. It's uh, an album, an LP called Screeches, and it'll also include a booklet of illustrations called Scrawls and Scribbles. So the whole project called Screeches, Scrawls and Scribbles. Looking forward to that. That will be great. And the ORG label. <laughs> so that's something to look forward to as well. And I'm finishing off uh, another book manuscript for 1980 onwards to the present day. So it's nice to bring things up to date. That will be great. Yes, hmm. that's quite a that's a major undertaking.
1: Um, well, I'm sure well, it'll be as well reviewed as the first one when when the world well world we'll see gets it. Um, That was fantastic. Thank you so much, Jao, for sharing your thoughts and your musical journey. Um, I look forward to hearing more of what you're up to um, as time goes on. And meanwhile, um, enjoy the rest of, enjoy Sunday and the the rest of your- What's left of it. What's
0: left of it, the rest of your musical journey. But (laughs) it's a a worthwhile investment of time because I can now do Zoom.